We have three foundational scriptures that are going to be the backdrop of this afternoon's preaching presentation. If you do not have a tangible Bible, we'll have it projected for you on the screen, but I'm gonna give it to all of us so that we can follow along. And everybody watching online, it will be in the lower thirds for you to follow along with us. Our first foundational text is Psalms 57. Psalms 57, we're gonna read verse two. Then we're gonna go to Ecclesiastics chapter seven, verse 17. And then end with Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 10. Psalms 57, verse 2, Ecclesiastes 7, 17, and Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 10. If you're ready, would you shout at your boy, I'm ready. ready. Psalms chapter 57, verse 2, the psalmist says, I cry out to God, most high, to God who fulfills his purpose for me. Now Ecclesiastes chapter seven, verse 17 says, do not be overly wicked, nor be foolish. Why should you die before your time? Ecclesiastes chapter three, verse 10 says, one of my favorite passages, I have seen the God-given task with which the sons of men are to be occupied. Now, I want to merge all of those chapters together. <laughs> I want to merge all of those chapters together, and I don't know if it's going to blow your mind the way it blew my mind when I was engaged in sermon prep. First, Psalms 57 is saying, I need you to know you have a purpose. You have a purpose, and God wants to fulfill it. And since you have a purpose and God wants to fulfill it, Ecclesiastes chapter 7 is saying, don't be wicked. Since you have a purpose that God wants to fulfill, don't be wicked, don't be foolish. Don't make foolish decisions that would cause for you to die before your time. So how do I live a life to where I don't die before my time? Our last foundational text tells us, be occupied with your God-given task. Did y'all catch that? It's saying, listen, I need you to understand, everybody under the sound of my voice and everybody watching online, I need you to understand that you have a destiny that you're supposed to fulfill. There's a mission that you're supposed to fulfill. There's a calling that you're supposed to fulfill. There's a purpose that you're supposed to fulfill. There's a work that you're supposed to fulfill, so don't be foolish. Don't be a fool. <laughs> don't make foolish decisions that will cause for you to die before your time. Don't make foolish choices that have you in the cemetery prematurely. Don't make foolish choices that will cause for you to experience death in a season where God wanted to give you life. And the way that you're going to do this is by being occupied with your God-given task that he wants to fulfill. Somebody say destiny decisions. He wants to fulfill. I need to make decisions. All of those passages are letting me know. Like, listen, I need to make decisions that are conducive for my destiny. I need some wisdom in the arena of my decision making. Am I talking to anybody? 
I need some help. I don't want to just make decisions on my own. Y'all can sit there and look like y'all sanctified and saved, but is there anybody honest enough to admit, I don't make the best decisions. I don't make the best decisions. So God give me wisdom so that I can make decisions that are conducive for my destiny. Not decisions that treat my happiness void. No, not decisions that treat my horniness. Yes, I just said that. Not decisions that give me what I want. I need some wisdom so I can make decisions that are conducive for why I've been born. Why I've been born. Because watch this church family, decisions create conditions. This series is going to hit different, y'all, I'm just telling you. Decisions create conditions. So a decision, reap a condition. Did y'all hear me? So a decision, reap a condition. And I want to help us. I want to preach till I'm sweating out of my clothes. I want to help us so that I could add wisdom. Wisdom. See, hear me, please. Please hear me. I'm like beseeching y'all. Please hear me. The beauty of wisdom is wisdom helps you have sobriety of judgment. Okay? Having wisdom is a scholarship you receive based on somebody else's expense. I went through some stuff, and because I went through it, I could tell you what to do so you don't have to experience the pain I experienced. Wisdom is a scholarship that you receive off of somebody else's expense. Listen, y'all, wisdom helps you skip unnecessary storms. Wisdom helps you skip unnecessary seasons. I know I said it before, but repetition is the mother of learning. If I'm going to experience pain, at least let it be pain that's purposeful. If I'm going to experience a storm, at least let it be a storm that's conducive for my purpose. If I'm going to go through trials, at least let it be trials that are conducive for my purpose. Not trials because I've been foolish. Somebody say destiny. Decisions. I want us to learn how to make decisions from the reservoir of wisdom. Versus decisions from a wisdom deficiency. I'm going to give you Bible. Come here. Look. I'm going to give you Bible. Proverbs chapter 8. I want you to see this. Proverbs chapter 8 verse 1. It says, does not wisdom cry out? And understanding lift her voice? She stands. She takes her stand on the top of the high hill. Look at this, y'all. I need my towel so I can't throw it. It says, beside the way where the paths meet. The Bible is saying wisdom is right there when there's a crossroad in your life. When you don't know to go left or to go right. If you don't know to keep fighting for it or to let it go. If you don't know what choice to make, wisdom is saying, please, come here. Let's have a conversation. Please, hold on. We need to chop it up real quick. Before you make that decision, come and talk to me because I got some wisdom for you. Hold on. Before you text back, call back, go back. Come here. I need to have a conversation. Before you give up, before you throw in the towel, before you fold, come, let's have a conversation. Wisdom is right at the way where the paths meet. Meet. 
Look at this, y'all. She cries out by the gate. At the entrance, the Bible is so intentional. At the entrance of the city. At the entrance of the door. Can I get somebody to say this? At the door. At the door. <laughs> Wisdom is at the door. Say, hold on. Before you enter this decision, let's talk. Notice the text says, at the entrance of the gate, before you do this, before you decide to say I do to him or her, before you go in business with them, let's have a conversation. Because I want to give you some wisdom. You sow a decision. You will reap a condition. And what I feel led by the Holy Ghost to do is I want to help us for the next several weeks so that when we sow a decision, we will reap conditions that are favorable for our destiny. You see that? Versus sowing decisions that cause us to reap tumultuous conditions, that cause us to reap adverse conditions that you don't even have to go through, but you're going through it due to a wisdom deficiency. I want to help us so that if I got to go through, at least let me make choices that create conditions that are favorable for my destiny. Can I buy an amen? Ooh, y'all should see y'all face. Y'all should see y'all face. Okay, we haven't even gone far. I've been up here like what? Six, seven minutes? I'm sweating already. We haven't even gone far yet. But I could already tell, and maybe somebody else could tell. We haven't gone far with the sermonic journey. But based on the exegesis and the surgical operation on these passages that we just performed for your biblical intelligence, there must be a monumental difference in the outcome of one's life who knows their assignment and makes decisions from that knowledge versus the individual who does not know their assignment and they're making decisions from a purpose undiscovered place. Did y'all hear me? I feel like I need to say it one more time. That there must be a monumental difference between the individual who knows why they've been born, who knows their assignment, and they make choices from that knowledge versus the individual who doesn't know why they're here, who does not know what they're supposed to be occupied with, who does not know their purpose, but they're constantly making decisions. There must be a difference. And I know I'm not the oldest in the room. I'm not. But it didn't take for me to have years under my belt to get this. It didn't take for me to have gray hairs, a receding hairline, and have my bones pop every time I get up for me to understand this. That life is filled with critical decisions. I didn't have to be an old man to understand that life is filled with critical decisions and every decision has a different weight on it. Every decision has a different weight to it. Or if I could put it this way, every decision is pregnant. <laughs> this is so good, y'all. Every decision is pregnant with the potential to give birth to a season. Can you find somebody next to you and say, do you want to give birth to that? 
Do you want to give birth to that? Don't just look at me. I'm looking at y'all. Don't just look at me. Do you want to give birth to that? <laughs> Every decision is pregnant. It is pregnant with the potential to give birth to a season. Decisions are the architect for your destiny. Architect for your destiny. Some decisions can get you hired. Some decisions will get you fired. Some decisions will put you in a position to advance and other decisions will place you in a recovery season. Some decisions will help you lose weight. Some decisions will help you gain weight. And since we're speaking about weight, just for a second, I love how woke my generation is. Oh, we woke to health, gluten-free and, and vegan, and, and I'm on this keto diet, and I eat kale and meal prep and asparagus and exercise. I understand, we woke. We so woke. But I think we need to remember sometimes the weight that we need to lose is not just on our body. See? See? See, we're going to get quiet right there, right? Because <laughs> you're doing your cardio, you're doing your aerobics, but you're unhealthy on the inside. Yeah, you have all that makeup on, you should swallow it because the inside, okay. All right. <laughs> we woke. We woke to health. But that addiction has a weight on it, doesn't it? That secret sin that nobody knows about but you and God or you and them, that has a weight on it, doesn't it? Yeah, that overthinking so much so to where you are experiencing physical paralysis due to a mental analysis, that has a weight on it, doesn't it? Yeah, that bitterness and you don't want to talk to your mama or you don't want to talk to your daddy, that has a weight on it, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, you keep looking back on that X page lurking on that page, oops, yeah, that has a weight on it, doesn't it? Bloodline cycles have a weight, don't they? I'm just simply suggesting, just simply suggesting, sometimes the weight that we need to lose is not just on our body, it's on our soul. And even that comes by making a decision. Choices, choices, decisions, decisions, choices, choices, decisions, decisions. They're long-lasting long and life changing choices choices decisions decisions choices choices decisions decision when you're born you look like your parents when you die you look like your choices 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 decisions decisions choices ever so often ever so often you are going to encounter a destiny moment i'm speaking prophetically right now for some of us, this is a destiny moment for you. This day, March 13th, you sitting in this sanctuary, you watching online, are you listening to the podcast? Whenever you decide to, you think you're just listening to hear a word. No, this is a destiny moment. God has paused you in your tracks because he wants you to know you're about to make a decision in haste. You're about to make a decision out of emotions. You're about to make a decision from a place of hurt versus a place of wisdom. And I need you to pause for a second. Because I want to have a conversation with you before you make this decision. This is a destiny moment. It is a time in your life where whatever you decide to do with this choice, like this one, whatever you decide to do with this choice is going to directly affect your destiny. Like you dating them. See, this is the thing. Just the text Sometimes responding or not responding is a destiny moment. Yeah. 
all right? Going in business with them or not, it is a destiny moment. Whatever you decide to do with this choice is going to directly affect your destiny. And it, maybe it's just me, but I wouldn't just flip a coin and choose heads or tails when it comes to a destiny moment. I wouldn't just play paper, rock, scissors when it comes to a destiny moment. I wouldn't just randomly pick and hope I pick the right route when it comes to a destiny moment. I need some clarity. Can you identify a destiny moment from a demonic distraction? And what do you do when you don't know what to do? And what choice do you make when you don't know what choice to make? And you are frustrated because you don't know what choice to make. Sometimes frustration is an invitation that you need to fast. Mm-hmm. Your life's so loud. Yo, how about for the next 72 hours, we're going to have just water. You're not going to die. You might want to check with your doctor first, but you're not going to die. Just 72 hours to tell my flesh no. Fasting strengthens your no. And for most of us, your flesh always tells you what to do. So you can't identify when God is telling you what to do. So God is saying, how about for this one? Turn down the volume of your flesh. No Netflix today. No YouTube today. No social media today. I need clarity. I need to hear from God. Because this, this one here is a destiny moment. The reason I preach so passionately about kingdom and healing and biblical intelligence, mainly because Jesus did it. <laughs> I hear some sermons, I'm like, what Bible y'all reading? <laughs> what Jesus y'all talking about? Because Jesus kept on talking about the kingdom of heaven. He kept on healing and he wanted us to have biblical intelligence. So outside of me doing it for that reason, I also do it because I understand you cannot take destiny steps with a dysfunctional mindset at the same time can't do it. You, you can't be who you're going to be and who you used to be at the same time. You, you can't reach for your upward calling and still hold on to your downward craving at the same time. So see, I want to teach with this series. I know I like to preach and shout, and, but I want us to understand some things. God has given us a free will, but he's also given you wisdom to help you with your free will. Does this make sense? I'm not controlling what you do, but I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursings. And I'm telling you the answer key, choose life. I want us to be a decided people. Proverbs chapter three, verse six says in all your ways, not just some, in all your ways, acknowledge me. Before you make that decision, acknowledge me. Can I help us? Can we talk? Yes. Okay, only about five people said yes. Can we talk? Yes. All right. I, I want to give us three blindfolds that usually cause us to not discover our purpose. Three blindfolds on how we don't discover our purpose. The first one is we're so occupied and busy doing things that have nothing to do with why you're here. We're not going to say amen. I know. Listen to what I just said. The reason it's so difficult for many of us to discover why we have been born, what am I here to do, 
is because we're so busy. We're so busy doing things that have nothing to do with why you've been born. Nothing to do with why you're here. Nothing to do with perfecting your gift. Nothing to do with your mission. Nothing to do with your vocation. We just read in our foundational text, there's something that God gave us to be occupied with, but we're occupied with Hulu. Like we're occupied with, occupied with YouTube. I'm like, Lord have mercy. If you're going to be tired, at least be tired because you stayed up a little later to work on the book that God told you to publish versus you being tired from watching Netflix. You just had to finish season two, didn't you? You couldn't say, I just have to finish season three. I just have to finish it. Look, y'all, we are occupied and busy with doing stuff that doesn't even matter with our destiny, and we're exhausted from it. <laughs> if you're going to be sleepy, if you're going to be, like, struggling to listen to this sermon, at least let it be because you stayed up last night working on your ministry ideas. At least let it be because you're formulating your business plan, not because you play Call of Duty all night, ooh, not because you play 2K all night, not because you're on Instagram, not because you are playing NBA 2K, my player, and you like getting played in real life because you don't have discernment. Like, at least let it be. If you're going to be tired, can it be because of kingdom? Nobody want to talk to me. Now, hold on, because people like to take sound bites out of context. So I need to say this. I am not promoting hustle and no rest. That's culture. Every day I'm hustling, hustling, hustling. That's culture. I sleep when I'm dead. That's culture, not kingdom. Y'all heard that before, right? Every day I'm hustling. Y'all heard it, right? No, no, no. Okay. In the kingdom, it is biblical for you to work. That's biblical all day. If a man doesn't work, neither shall he eat. So why you saying it's so hard, sis? Why you got that dude living with you who don't even, but he eating? <laughs> it's a new series, y'all. Talk Holy Ghost. Talk Holy Ghost. If a man doesn't work, neither shall he eat. Oh, y'all done said confident. If a man doesn't work, neither shall he Okay, that's Bible. That's Bible. Bible says, hey, go look at the ant, you sluggard. That's Bible, not Jerry, that's Bible. It's saying, go look at the ant, you sluggard. Notice how it has no master, but the ant is still working. Look after the ants. Look how disciplined the ant is. God gave Adam a job, a legal one. That's for the five, six people who I'm working. It's illegal though. Can we file this on our taxes? Right? He gave him a legal job. Dress and keep the garden. You see all them animals, name it. Monkey. You see the rooster, cuckoo, name all of them. He gave them a job. So working is biblical, but so is rest. So is rest. Rest is the Sabbath principle. I'm about to mess some people up. Watch this. One way you could show that you trust God, one way you could show that your work is not your God is by resting. Did y'all hear what I just said? Some of us work so hard like you're Jehovah Jireh. We work so hard like I'm providing for me. I'm not saying be negligent. I'm saying you work, but then rest because God controls the outcome, not you. 
You work so much overtime because you're scared to live a life how you were raised in. I can't be like mama. I can't be like mama. I got to work overtime. I got to do this. You saw what happened in 2020. You saw the pandemic. I got to work. I got to work. Sometimes showing God I trust you is by saying, I'm going to do my job. I'm going to work. I'm going to do whatever it is that you put on the inside for me to do. But then I'm also going to rest that you control the outcome, not me. I'm going to just be faithful with what you have given me. That's just the first blindfolder, blindfold to why we haven't discovered purpose. The second blindfold on why many of us have not discovered purpose is because we have never considered what does God want? We don't. Like when you got that raise, you immediately considered what you wanted. Y'all see how quiet it is? Online, y'all should hear this. You can hear my shoes squeak. It's quiet in here. Like we never consider, what does God want? You got more time. What, what, what does God want? Like while studying this week, this is going to disappoint some people, but I know God told me this. It's spring break. I'm spending time with my children this week. I'm not doing therapy Thursday. I'm not. Because I'd rather win at home than win in the pulpit. Because I, okay, model that before them. I want you to make sure that you're dedicated to just spending as much time as you can with your children this week. Just do it. The ministry is not up to you anyway. If they unfollowed, that wasn't up to you anyway. Trust in me. Does this make sense? What does God want? God wants me to do something with my family. What does God want you to do with your more time, with extra time that you have? Have you ever considered what does God want me to do? This is why and this is how we end up allowing people to assign us with our destiny. So watch, let me show y'all this. Ooh, this is going to be so good. What is this? Don't be nervous. What is it? Scissors. Okay, y'all right. First question correct. All right. What is the purpose of scissors? To cut. All right. Y'all are still right. Awesome. Now, to cut what? Why y'all mumbling? To cut what? Paper, what else? Food, everything, what else? Talk to me, what else? Hair. Okay, now I want y'all to notice how everybody started to assign a different purpose to these scissors. Okay? But it was all contingent on whose hand the scissors were in. If these scissors are in the gardener's hand, I'm going to use them to cut twigs. Okay? If these scissors are in like a hairstylist or a barber's hand, they're gonna to use to cut hair. If these scissors are in a psychopath's hand, they're gonna be used to cut your life off. Right? Now look, look. Everybody told me that this was made to cut. But y'all just proved to me, depending on whose hand it's in, Depending on whose hand it's in, it will assign the role of its mission. So you telling me you're going to allow somebody else to give you significance? They are going to assign you with a purpose that is conducive for them, not a purpose that's conducive for him. When you put your life in the hands of Jesus, then he can tell you what is my desire for this? What is my goal for this? The reason you keep getting lost is because one person is a gardener to you and another person is a hairstylist to you and another person is a psychopath to you. You keep on assigning people to give you purpose. 
and they're going to tell you to do whatever benefits them. This is so good, y'all. Can't discover purpose because we haven't considered what does God want from me? Can I mess y'all edges up? It's going to be <laughs> it's going to be hard for you to hear what God has to say if you are decided what you want him to say. I know my purpose. No, you don't. You know your preference. Mm-hmm. Oh, you know your preference. It's amazing how we assign our purpose to be something we like. You ever notice that? This must be my purpose because it makes me happy. I wanted to make Jesus happy to die. Remember, he was in the garden saying, if it's possible, take this away from me. Sometimes purpose will have you doing things that you don't want to do, but it benefits everybody else. See, I'm debunking myths. I also want to debunk this myth. There's no such thing as a sacred or a secular assignment. None. See, I'm actually limited. I'm limited. I know my gift. I know my purpose to be a voice of God in the days of the great falling away. That's my assignment. To be a voice for your generation when people don't want to have nothing to do with Jesus. This is why I've been born. Okay? And it just so happens that my assignment has me here in church. But if I didn't have a pulpit, I still would be a voice. When I was in high school, I still was a voice. When I was in college, I was still was a voice. Everybody knew Jerry. They called me Preacher Boy in the School of Communications because I recognized my assignment. Okay? Now, I'm limited because some people will never come to church. This is why wherever you are, if you are an electrician, if you are a lawyer, we need you in the marketplace. Like we need you to be effective with your assignment so that you can shine your light before men because they may never come here. But they may meet you at your job, in the community, at the gym, wherever you're doing. I need you to be effective with your assignment. There's no secular and sacred. It's all for the glory of God. Now, the benefit of my assignment and how all of us are connected together is if you are an electrician and you start to give somebody hope as you're working on their stuff and they ask about you, you say, hey, I go to this spiritual gym, church. I go to this church. This is where I go. And you can invite them. But for the most part, you're going to encounter more people than I ever will. So don't think that your purpose is just pulpit. Don't think that. Whatever it is, you have an assignment that God wants you to fulfill. Does this make sense? The third blindfold on how we miss our purpose is we spend so much time doing second things first. I want to teach y'all. We spend so much time doing second things first. So what you're going to do is you're going to sign the contract first and pray over it second. <laughs> what you're going to do is you're going to go in business with them first and then ask God to bless it second. You're going to say, I do first and then ask God to bless this second. Like you're going to have sex first and then you want to start having questions. What's your career? How are you going to have an interview after he's entered you? Y'all don't want to talk. I'm not sorry. I'm not sorry. My generation requires real. What's your favorite color? So what's your goals? So what you want to do? 
So what are we? Um, how about be friends first? How about discover your purpose first? How about discover accountability first? Then get premarital counseling first? Sex is after we say I do. But we keep doing second things first. <laughs> Asking God, God bless this. And God was like, um, if you would have sought my face first, you would have saw that that wasn't even sent from me. Stop asking God to bless what hell sent. But this happens when we keep doing second things first. This is so good, y'all. This is why it tells us, in all your ways, acknowledge me. This means it looks great, acknowledge me. It looks bad, acknowledge me. Great opportunity, acknowledge me. Bad opportunity, acknowledge me. Your type, acknowledge me. Not your type, acknowledge me. Write numbers with the check, acknowledge me. Not write numbers with the check, acknowledge me. Because I'm the one that knows what I want you to fulfill. And listen, your purpose is not a mystery. Why have we made this so difficult? Like God is in heaven, like, yeah, you gotta do this before you get it. <laughs> you, gotta, you gotta do this before you get it. It's not a mystery. God wants you to know as soon as you can why you've been born. So that you can make decisions for the rest of your days, conducive and centered around your destiny. And sometimes you will experience disappointment. But disappointment many times is a divine recalibration to get you on the right route. God loves you and he loves me so much that sometimes we make decisions that aren't destiny conducive and he'll close the door to reroute you on the right highway. That was the breakup. That was the layoff. Not because of your attitude. Don't take this out of context. You had attitude. That's why you got fired. But when it's random events, it's because God is saying, this isn't me. And I love you so much that I'm going to wreck your plan so that you won't wreck your life. This is good, y'all. I want to help us to make destiny Decisions. Can I get everybody to say decide? Decide, decide is two words, D and side. It means to kill off. Pesticide, insecticide, genocide, homicide, right? It means to kill off. So the danger in you being a decided person is you kill off other options that aren't conducive to your purpose. See what I'm saying? So when you become decided, it might look like a good opportunity, but I killed that off because I'm decided. I'm decided for this season, I'm going to stick to a budget. I've decided. So it doesn't matter if there's free Taco Tuesday. I've decided. You see what I'm saying? Because when you have decided, it's easier for you to make decisions. Can I help us? When you know what you have decided to do, and you know what you have been born to do, it gives you better discernment. It gives you better discernment. Like when I knew my purpose, like when I discovered it in college, first I didn't want it. People have been telling me my whole life, you're gonna be a preacher, you're gonna, no I'm not. The devil is a lie, I never wanted to be a preacher. They would just label me that because my parents were, I'm not gonna be a preacher, stop saying that. I'm not gonna be one. And then I was like, you are gonna be one. <laughs> it's been on you your whole life. I was at Texas Southern University. Originally, I was going to University of Houston. I was gonna be a pre-med major. Once I got saved, watch this, I switched my major from pre-med to communications and psychology. 
because I was like, okay, if I'm going to be a voice for my generation, I have to know how to talk. I have to be able to communicate without splitting verbs and having run-on sentences. I want to be articulate with my diction. So I need some help. I need professors who would take five points off if I said, um. <laughs> I needed to know how to do persuasive speech so I could persuade you to, persuade you to believe the Bible. So I started to make choices that would strengthen my gift. I was in a relationship before I met Tanisha. Once I discovered my purpose, I considered how would we be together, and I broke up with her. That hurt me, but I'm so glad I did it because I met her. Now look, look, look. I wouldn't have done that if I didn't know my purpose. All this week, it's easy for me to identify a distraction because I know what I got to do Sunday. Jerry, will you do this? No, I can't. Why? Because that takes away from time to study for this. Jerry, can you do this? No, I can't because that takes away from time with my family. I can't do that. So now my no is intentional. Look, when you know your purpose, your no is on purpose. Your yes is on purpose. Your sleep is on purpose. When you get up, it's on purpose. What you eat is on purpose. Everything will circle around your purpose because you know your purpose. We speak for a few more moments from this thought. I was born for this. I was born for this. I was born for this. Can I get us to say this confession and everybody watching online to put this in the room? Can I get everybody to say, Father, Father help, me help me to make choices that are conducive for my destiny and give you glory. One more time. I know it's convicted for some of us. Father, Father help me to make choices that are conducive for my destiny and gives you glory. We're launching this, this brand new sermon series entitled Destiny Decisions. Our second series of this 2022 calendar year. And if I be honest, this is probably going to be one of the most critical sermon series I've ever taught. I've ever taught. Look y'all, during sermon prep this week, I said, God, you cold. I saw how perfectly King encounters flows into destiny decisions. Because it's like, okay, teach them nine weeks that they have to first encounter their maker. Now teach them that they have to discover why they've been made. Y'all see it? I didn't do that. I didn't do that. Teach them to know your creator. So now you can discover why you have been created. The reason you still have a pulse. The reason you still have oxygen in your lungs. The reason you have warm blood flowing through your veins, the reason that you are still here is because God has a purpose for you. He has a purpose for you. What is my calling? Most common question I get. How do I discover my calling? How, how, how do I discover my purpose? How do I discover my vocation? How, how do I discover my destiny? In other words, what is my why? Everybody, please hear me. Everything that has been created has a why. The sun, the moon, their why is to remove a darkness problem. That's their why. The waters is to remove a thirst and also provide shelter for aquatic creatures and specimens. That's their why. Your jacket is to remove a cold problem, a frigid problem. That's your why. Somebody say why. <laughs> your why, the streaming, the why for streaming is to solve a distance problem. You in London, you not here. You in Chicago, you not here, it solves that problem. Your cell phone solves a communication problem. 
If I'm downtown and you're on the north side of Houston, I can't hear you. It has a why. How would you live your whole life and never know your why? These lights that are shining on me, y'all didn't even think about them until I pointed them out. They have a why. It's so that I don't look like a shadow on the camera. And when I smile, all you see is my teeth. It has a why. What is my why? Hear me. Knowing your purpose helps you to not entertain randomness. So we got one half clap. Let me say it one more time. Knowing your purpose helps you not entertain randomness. Okay? Like everything you do is intentional. I promise there's some people you wouldn't be hanging with if you knew your assignment. <clears throat> this is not judgment our legalism, it's just we're going two different directions and we have two different value systems. Like you value honesty, they don't. You value purity, they don't. You value being integral, they don't. I promise there's some people that you, ooh, Lord have mercy. The only reason that you call him bae or her bae is because you don't know your why. That's it. Talk Holy Ghost. If you discovered your why, you know how I know? Because the text was random. The DM was random. The meetup was random. There was no purpose. We didn't consider, okay, you occupied with your God-given task, and you're occupied with your God-given task. Are we standing right next to each other? Like, I'm passionate about justice, so I'm a lawyer, and you may be a middle school teacher, and we both want to help our generation, and so we can compliment God together. It doesn't have to be pulpit. You wouldn't even consider them. If you knew your why. Somebody say why. why. Helps me from entertaining randomness. Your decisions are cultivated by your priorities. Show me your decisions, I'll show you your priorities. But when I know my purpose, I start to make decisions for my purpose. And clouded judgment is always the descendant of unknown purpose. And when purpose is unknown, abuse is imminent. Same thing with my son, once again, shining the flashlight, trying to help his daddy, trying to put this mirror together. He says, Daddy, I want to help. He takes the flashlight and starts hammering the nail. I'm like, bro, you, you, you're going to break the flashlight. He didn't recognize the flashlight purpose was for a light. But when purpose is unknown, abuse is imminent. And a lot of people have abused you and you've allowed it because I didn't know my purpose. It's critical for me to understand that my birth has significance. See, this is why I want to see your birthday turn up. Godly. <laughs> We're not tip, you know, tipsy. But turn up. Because you being born means God saw there's something that you're here to fix. Your birth is not a coincidence. Let me go ahead and debunk this. It's no cosmic collision. It's no big bang. Nobody walks in an art museum, looks up and sees a beautiful painting and say, wow, it must have been an earthquake and that paint just flowed perfectly like that. And that design must have just happened. It was just a cosmic collision. It was just a big bang. I'm not giving credit to the universe. Even the universe is created, okay? Don't worship the created, worship the creator. And the why for universe was just to house, 
creation. The fact that you have life right now, you're in this place, this space, and hearing this word is because you have a destiny that all of us need. The God over time looked in time, saw where you would be and say, okay, I'm going to put this on the inside of them. And then some way your mama met your daddy and whoop, there it is, you had a birthday. <laughs> so stop being bitter towards the transportation method. Did y'all hear what I just said? Stop being bitter towards the transportation method. God saw, okay, your generation is going to need something. I'm going to put something on you that you contain that your generation needs, your community needs, and your family needs. Your mom and your daddy were just transportation methods. You're so upset over the transportation method that you're not even discovering, why was I here? Okay? I want us to consider this. Consider today is December the 31st, 2022. What do you want to say that you have accomplished this year? Some of us have no goals. But if you could live life from December the 31st and backwards, you would obtain your goals. Like I already know, I want to have a book out this year called Heart Rehab. I want to have a heart rehab curriculum this year. I'm going to release, release music this year. And I'm saying it publicly for accountability. When we have New Year's Eve, y'all not going to say, Pastor, you said in March, I did it. I already know my goals because they're, they're tied to my assignment. And I'm thinking December 31st, before I blow that horn, what do I want to say I accomplished this year? Let's go a little deeper. What do you want your tombstone to say about you? Live from that mindset and backwards. And make decisions so that what you want on your tombstone, it'll actually say. Let's go a little deeper. Let's give you all some math, all right? There are 8,760 hours in a year. Just a regular year, not leap year. I think leap year was like 8,784. I know somebody's going to Google this, so do it. I want you to. <laughs> there are 8,760 hours in just a regular year. The average lifespan for those of us who live here in America is 77. So now, if we do... 8,760 <clears throat> 8, hours times 77 years, that's 674,520 hours. All right? Now, you may be thinking, I'm young, though. That doesn't apply to me. All right, bro. Um, Ma'am, if you're 30, you've already spent 262,800 of those hours. If you're 25, you've already used 219,000 of those hours. If you're 50, you've already used 438,000 of those hours. All of that math to simply say this. You don't have as much time as you think. You, what are you going to do with those hours? You know what a tragedy is? It's not what they did. It's not what they said. A tragedy is for you to let those hours run out and you never fulfilled why you were born. Did y'all hear me? A tragedy is for you to take your last breath in time and never had a relationship with the person who gave you breath and time. You don't have time to waste. Some of us think you got tomorrow. You know what that is? Arrogance. You are arrogant when you think, I'm going to do this next week. You are arrogant. You think you got more time? You don't know. You don't know if you got more time. Maximize today. 
Whatever you said, I'm going to start in April. I'm going to start. Start today. Because you don't know how many hours, how many seconds, how much time you have left. I came here this afternoon to remind somebody that purpose fixes problems. I say it so much. Purpose fixes problems. You were born to fix a problem. Watch it. Since purpose fixes problems, when you die and when I die, some problems should no longer exist. This is why perhaps the world is filled with so many problems because there's so many people who don't live on purpose and they're never solving the problem that they were supposed to fix. Some of us have inherited mama's problem and grandma's problem. So you already came in the world with generational problems because they did not solve their problem because they did not know their assignment. So they weren't living on purpose. But once you get the revelation that you are called to fix a problem, you should become passionate to discover what problem am I here to fix? My peace meter is tied to this. My joy is tied to this. My children are tied to this. My unborn children are tied to this. What am I supposed to fix? I should not live life just reckless with no goal of what I'm supposed to do. Look at this, y'all. John chapter 17, verse 4. This is Jesus. He's given a powerful prayer. I just want to read one verse. Jesus says, I've glorified you on earth. How did you glorify the Father, Jesus? Having accomplished the work that you gave me to do. How do you give God glory? By accomplishing the work that he gave you to do. Now listen, the position may be different. The function may be different. But there are four absolutes that all of us have. The first absolute is we all were born to have intimacy with Abba. All of us have different assignments. It has different functions. But all of us were born, number one, to have intimacy with Abba. Why did we spend so much time on king encounters? It's because before you met Jesus, you did what you wanted. After you meet Jesus, you do what he wants. You're not going to know what he wants if you don't know him. Does this make sense? The second absolute that we were all born to do is give God glory. Now, how we get in trouble is many of us can't discern between an unction and an assumption. So you feel this might be something God is calling me to because you have an assumption about it, but not an unction about it. I'm going to break that down in just a second. I'm going fast because I want to get to this uh, key point. Number three, be heaven's PA system. That's not just my job. Like you do know you're a representative, right? Nobody's saying nothing. You do know you're a representative, right? You're an ambassador. That's your purpose. So anybody's like, okay, what, what, what am I born to do? Number one, I'm born to have intimacy with God. Spend time with your creator. He'll show you why you've been created. Number two, does it give him glory or does it give you glory? The reason you think this is your purpose is because it gives you a platform and you followers. But does it give God any? Third, heaven's PA system. I am a billboard for my God. Number four, make disciples. Those four absolutes. That's all of our purpose. Everybody. And you don't need a pulpit to do those. Did y'all hear me? I'm trying to help somebody. Now look, the problem with assumptions and unctions is assumptions are ammo for anxiety. The people who have the highest anxiety live in the waters of assumption. 
And this is why I preach so much about healing, because it's easier for you to assume when you have a resume of being hurt. When you've been betrayed and lied on and taken advantage of, you assume they're going to do the same thing. Your healing will help you stop assuming so much. Does this make sense? So now I can't discern between an unction from the Holy Spirit versus an assumption from a wound. Assumptions. Assumptions. Assumptions cause us to misuse our imagination. It is a creative mental forecast that excludes their side or heaven's endorsement. This is so good, y'all. Y'all gonna have to listen to this again. Mental forecast. Some of us are like mental meteorologists. You just keep on making forecast in your head that excludes their side and heaven's endorsement. You're saying how they feel because of how you feel. You don't even have the facts. What makes assumptions so dangerous is because you believe lies as your truth. And what I discovered, it's hard for you to receive the truth when a lie has you arrested. Thank you for the one clap. I know it's getting real. This is why you ever talk to somebody and you tell them the truth and it's hard for them to believe it? It's because their assumption has, had, has caused them to, to believe a lie for so long, they can't even receive what you're saying is true. Assumptions. Assumptions. Now, there's a difference between an unction. I want to give you a Bible where you can see this. 1 John chapter 2, verse 18. It says, little children, it is the last time, meaning the end day, the end of the age, okay? The end times. And as ye have heard, the Antichrist shall come. Even now there are many Antichrists, whereby we know that it is the last time, meaning the last days. They went out from us, but they were not of us. For if they had been of us, they would no doubt have continued with us. But they went out that they may be made manifest that they were not all of us. Verse 20, key verse. But ye have a unction from the Holy One, and ye know all things. Now, let's break this down because that's a lot, all right? So this is really a discernment conversation John is having. He's saying, all right, there are a lot of antichrists. All antichrist means is against Christ. And there are many antichrists today. People who are against the teachings of Christ, the belief of Christ, the principles of Christ, they're against that. That's the antichrist spirit, okay? So if you believe them, you're going to believe things that are against Christ. Does that make sense? But you have an unction from the Holy Spirit. Now, unction means anointing. I want to read the exact same verse, the exact same verse from the New King James Version. It says, but you have an anointing. Somebody say anointing. anointing. You have an anointing from the Holy One, and you know all things. Same exact verse in the Message Bible. But you belong, the Holy One anointed you, and you all know it. So what does this mean? This is a lot, but I want to help us. Unction means anointing. Anointing means chosen, okay? Jesus is the anointed one. Jesus is the chosen one. So when you know your anointing, this means you know what you have been chosen to do, okay? I have been chosen to teach. So God has given me anointing in that area because that is what the chosen one has chosen for me to do. 
So when you are able to discern a unction from God, it is when the Holy Spirit is showing you what is chosen for you. Does this make sense? I have to go a little deeper so that we can understand it because a lot of people assume what their assignment is because of how you feel. Assumptions are flesh-based. Unctions are spirit-based. It's when God is showing you, hey, this is what I've chosen for you. Give you more Bible. Matthew chapter 16, verse 13 says, when Jesus came into the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples saying, who do men say that the son of man am? So they said, some say John the Baptist, some Elijah, and others, Jeremiah, one of the prophets. Somebody say assumptions. He says, okay, enough with your assumptions. What do you say about me? Simon Peter answered and said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. Jesus answered and said to him, blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you. But my father who is in heaven, unctions come from revelation. It's like everybody else make an assumption, you, you, you got a revelation. Just like when I came back from a youth institute way back in 2007, I told my mom and dad, I said, hey, I think, I think we should start a youth church. Back in 2009 and 2010, we had no youth ministry. That was it. Just children, church, nursery, and if you 13 and up, you come to sanctuary. And I was like, I don't think they understand the these, the thuses, the thous, and all that. I don't think they get that. Can I, can I start a youth church? And they were like, okay, we always knew you were going to do this. Go ahead. <laughs> Unctions always followed by confirmations. If God gave you the vision, he's going to give you the provision, and that's your confirmation. I had no idea it was going to lead to this. But I saw you in college. When I switched from pre-med to communication, I saw you. Not all y'all faces and your beautiful hair and your makeup. I didn't know how y'all were going to look. But I just knew God was calling me to teach and to talk to people. So why destiny? Why destiny? What is destiny? Why? Purpose and destiny are your life's target. That's, that's your bullseye. That's where you're aiming at. Watch this. So if purpose is my life's target, if I don't know it, I'm living life aimless. I'm not aiming at anything. So bystanders get hit. You get hit with them not knowing what they're supposed to do. That's why they act like that. That's why they talk like that. That's why they treated you like that, because they have no, nothing they're aiming at. Purpose is your life's target. It strengthens your know, it gives you clarity, it gives you vision, it gives you motivation. You will never be more motivated than when you understand why you're here. Nobody can take that from me. That's why. Now, why, how do I get to a place where I know my purpose, my destiny? And why is it so per important for me to know this? Number one, it's a discernment booster. When you know your why, you're harder to manipulate because your purpose helps you have discernment. Number two, y'all gonna like this one. I don't preach on this much, but um, your destiny is tied to your wealth. Wow, I thought that would be a point y'all like. <laughs> you know, church love preaching about money. <laughs> but seriously, your gift will make room for you. And God gave you a gift that will make room, not just financial. But room, period. Your gift will cause you to be placed before great men. 
great men. When I was just recording, Torrance could tell you, when I was just recording videos and trying to figure out how to have the best, how, to, how do I get the best camera and how do I get the settings and what ISO shows my color, what doesn't make me look too dark, I had no idea the Bible app was watching. I had no idea you version was watching. I had no idea they would send an email and say, hey, we want to know if you want to be on the Bible app. All I knew was I just want to get a camera that's dope. I want to get good quality, and I want to make sure that it looks good. Now my mic sounds like I'm peaking. I want it to be excellent. Be excellent with your gift. Stop saying, well, it's good enough. Well, it's, no, be excellent. Excellence separates. I literally would tell my brothers, I want when you scroll and you see my post, the quality stands out from everybody else's. Just because I want to be excellent. Not because I want to be better than anybody, but this is my gift that God gave me. I want to be excellent with it. Why are you being mediocre with your gift? You don't have to tone it down that you dope. You can be dope and humble at the same time. Well, I don't want them to think. Forget what they think. You can set a standard. Set a standard of excellence instead of caring what they think. It's tied to your wealth. Number three, it fixes something. So I'm going to end with these two because I don't have time to really go there. I'm almost over my time. So how? Jerry, you told me purpose is needed and destiny is needed. How do I discover it? What are you passionate about? What are you passionate about? Jesus was passionate about church. Notice every time he was in church, we did the whole King Encounter series. He was turning tables over and telling people that he, he was passionate about church. Why? Because it was tied to his purpose. He came to connect us with the Father. So when you are doing things in my church that's interrupting people, connecting with me, I'm passionate about it. What makes you upset? What have you always been passionate about? Now, some of us have been so hurt that we can't even remember. Think when you were a child. Because some of us have become people due to pain that you forgot your original personality. But if you can go back to think about who you used to be, what were you originally passionate about? I understand the method of hell now. He wants you hurt because somebody listened to this and like, I ain't passionate about nothing. It's possible that you get hurt so bad that you're numb. Nothing moves you. And that's for the purpose of blindfolding you from what you're supposed to do. Last point, your gift. What's your gift? What are you good at, like naturally? I wasn't the best at basketball. I could probably be some of us in here though, but I wasn't the best. I wasn't the best, I wasn't the best at boxing. I wasn't the best at rap. But it's just, when you allowed me to teach, I just noticed it was just natural. Just a natural flow that I had. What's your gift? And the beauty of discipleship, especially our discipleship class, is we're about to point out where have you been gifted? Because that's a snapshot for what you're supposed to do. Can I pray over us? Father, we understand that you made us for a reason. The reason that we were born, the reason that we survived that car accident, the reason we survived that house fire, the reason that bullet didn't take us out is because you saw that there's something we're supposed to do. And God, just like the scissors, it's possible that we let BET tell us what we're supposed to do or let Instagram tell us what we're supposed to do or even our parents tell us what they want us to do and what major we're supposed to pick and what we're supposed to become. It's possible, God, that we have become buried under the rubble of people's opinions that we lost. What is it that you want? 
And I pray, God, that you will allow for there to be a peace, a calmness, an inward stillness to touch the hearts of your children. Because they understand you're not trying to hide your will from us. But you've been waiting and you've been ready to show us why we have been created. The reason we had to do this and start this route of this new series is how are you going to make decisions for your destiny if you don't know it? Show us, teach us. Maybe this is just the GPS for somebody. Maybe all this message was was the coordinates that they need to at least start going the direction to discover why they have been born. Help us to become passionate about what you're passionate about so that we won't let our hours run out and never fulfill what we've been born to do. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody who agrees to that prayer would just say amen.